Hi, welcome to the Dartarian Show. I'm your host, Alexander Dartarian. And I'm Dominic Sykes. And today we're going to talk about witches, the most feared magical beings on Earth. Yeah, it, it's a good time for it, just like with the vampires. it's We're in spooky month now, so uh, yeah, it's time um, to talk about some spooky stuff. My favorite month. And nothing spookier than... Uh, World history. <laughs> yeah, world, <laughs> you know? world, real, true world history <laughs> yeah. of the witches. All right. Witches were perceived as evil beings by early Christians in Europe. Aspiring the iconic Halloween figure, images of witches have appeared in various forms throughout history, from evil, wart-nosed women huddling over a cauldron of boiling liquid to hagged-faced, cackling beings riding through the sky on brooms wearing pointy hats. I cannot say beans. Uh, it's beans when I say it. It's just the it's the be- be- regional be- accent that you grew up with. Yeah, beans. Like, you know, people. Mm, yeah, people. <laughs> yeah. All right. In pop culture, the witch has been portrayed as a benevolent, no- nose-twitching suburban housewife, an awkward teenager learning to control her powers, and a trio of charmed sisters battling the forces of the evil, the old charm, the new charm's garbage. <laughs> The real history of witches, however, is dark and often for the witches deadly. Mm-hmm. Not for us, for the witches. Oh, well. Although the, there are, I'm sure, some cases. I should have, when I was doing the research, I should have looked into some of the. Well, that's like, going to be the next more, episode. Yeah. Okay. I see. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do two parts on the witches. Uh, this is the history of the witches, and next times next week's gonna be like you know the witch like our perspective from the witches. Side, you know what I mean? Gotcha. If that made sense. I don't know if it made sense. Whatever. Origins of witches. The modern English word witchcraft has three principal connotations. Wow. The practice of magic of sorcery worldwide, the beliefs associated with the Western witch hunts of the 14th to the 18th century, and the varieties of the modern movement called Wicca, which is a nature-based magic. Mm -hmm. Like the druids and stuff like that. Frequently mispronounced as Wicca. <laughs> W-I-K-K-A instead of W-I-C-C-A, which yeah. makes no sense because you'd think they'd be pronounced the same way. Yeah, they're pronounced the same way. They should probably, misspelled. Yeah, misspelled. Or misspelled, misspelled yeah. Whatever. Early witches were people who practiced witchcraft using magical spells and calling upon spirits for help or to bring about change. Most witches were thought to be pagans doing the devil's work. Many, however, were simply natural healers or so-called wise women whose choice of profession was misunderstood. So basically, they're just trying to, you know, be a healer, and they're like, you devil worshiper. Mm -hmm. It's unclear exactly when witches came onto the historical scene, but one of the earliest records of a witch is in the Bible, in the book of 1 Samuel. Thought to be written between 931 B.C. and 721 B.C., it tells the t- story of when King Saul sought the witch of Endor to summon the dead prophet Samuel's spirit to help him defeat the Palestine army. The witch roused Samuel, who then prophesied the death of Saul and his sons. The next day, according to the Bible, Saul's sons died in battle, and Saul committed suicide. Coincidence. Yep. <laughs> so all it is. Hearsay. Other Old Testament verses condemn witches, such as the off-sided Exodus 22.18, which says, Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. Doesn't get much more uh, clear than that. (laughs) Additional biblical passages caution against divination, 
chanting, or using witches to contact the dead, which is necromancy. Right. I have a quick question. Yep. When was the Bible first written? Like ver- the very first copy of the Bible as we know it today. Maybe not necessarily as it was first written. That's probably a poor way to it. It would probably be the Torah because the Torah is the Old Testament. Well, the reason the I ask that is because there's a lot of things that if if you're not religious, if you're an atheist, and I'm not trying to bash on anybody's religion or anything like that, but if you're an atheist, right, mm-hmm. or a skeptic or something like that, your first thought is going to be, well, that's awfully convenient that they uh, put thou shalt not suffer a witch to live when they were literally hunting witches. You know, maybe they just added it in there. I don't know, because... I, and that's with a lot of the stuff in the Bible, do too. Do you think Jesus would have killed a witch? Like, if if Jesus... Like, say that, like, I'm not going to... We're not going to go into debate if Jesus is real or not. But, mm-hmm. but if you think, according to the Bible, in the book of the Bible, if Jesus was real and encountered a witch, do you think he would have killed it? No. Killed the witch? No. 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 I think he probably would have Jesus done the same himself, thing as with Mary. Jesus himself would be considered a witch. Yeah, yeah, because if you by by witch hunters and stuff like that, it's somebody with miraculous powers, you know, and stuff like. that. Although his powers are usually, you know, seen to be used for healing and and yeah, and but so are the stuff right, like that. I just read That's what I'm saying. Yeah, witches were considered natural so healers. Who's, you know, Jesus was a witch. <laughs> oh my God! We just made a startling <laughs> revelation right yeah. there. Jesus, the witch. Yep. Oh my God! It's gonna be a new sitcom. <laughs> I can see that too. Jesus, the witch. Now, on your local channels, NBC, ABC, and Fox Network. They can't be on all three. I'm sure can. It's oh. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <I guess> so. <laughs> all right. Go ahead. All right. So, uh, Cersei which is the enchantress from Greek mythology, uh, was also a sort of witch, able to transform her enemies into swine, uh, as you read about in uh, the Odyssey. Yeah. Uh, she So was her niece, Medea. Um, the ancient world then was responsible for establishing a number of tropes that later centuries would come to associate with witches. Witch hysteria really took hold in Europe during the mid-1400s, when many accused witches confessed, often under torture, which, as we know, is not a reliable way to get nope, they'll a confession. Nope, they say anything to make it stop. Right. So, and as a lot of innocent people were killed, but anyway. Yeah. Um, often under torture to a variety of wicked behaviors. Within a century, witch hunts were common, and most of the accused were executed by burning at the stake or hanging. Single women, widows, and other women on the margins of society were especially targeted. Between the years 1500 and 1660, up to 80,000 suspected witches were put to death in Europe. Around 80% of them were women thought to be in cahoots with the devil and filled with lust. Germany, and this is kind of interesting, had the highest witchcraft execution rate, while Ireland had the lowest. And I think that's because in Ireland, uh, back then, you know, they... uh, you know, they believed in the Fae and, mm-hmm. and all of the, you know, the magical stuff. They had more respect for the things that other people didn't like about the witches. You know, the whole nature portion of yeah, it. The Celtic and the, the natural Druidic. remedies, the healing and stuff. That's all stuff that Ireland is was it, a big. Is it da- are they Daedric, Druidic, or uh, Celtic? Ireland? Yeah. I believe that's Celts. I think Ireland is Celts. Scots are. Uh, Druids? I don't, I don't know. I, and that could be completely wrong. I don't know. We'll look it up eventually. But yeah, basically, I think I think that's probably the reason is that in Ireland, it 
it wasn't going to be too much of a an issue for somebody to be considered a witch. That and whatever was happening in England or anywhere else, Ireland didn't really give a fuck. Right. Like they didn't care. <laughs> uh so Ireland had the lowest, Germany had the highest. Uh the publication of the Malleus Malficarium, written by two well respected German Dominicans in fourteen eighty six, likely spurred witch mania to go viral. The book, usually translated as the Hammer of Witches, was Badass a, title. Yeah, was essentially a guide on how to identify, hunt, and interrogate witches. It labeled witchcraft as heresy and quickly became the authority for Protestants and Catholics trying to flush out witches living among them. For more than a hundred years, the book sold more copies than any other book in Europe except the Bible. Yet it wasn't until the early Renaissance that our modern perception of the witch was truly formed. See, that's that's what strikes me as as um weird because when you when people bought the bible cause obviously the bible's the greatest selling book of all time mm-hmm. like there's nothing that could beat the bible um but that book right there you, you think like the bible tells you how to deal with a witch mm-hmm. kill the witch mm-hmm. like it literally tells you like you know there's no yeah but they have to have their how to hunt them too how to hunt to interrogate to find out if they're witches yeah, but how did they get that information made it up <laughs> that's all there is to it they literally made it up yeah. they didn't like certain types of people like you know i know god that's such a badass that dude that sounds like a badass band oh yeah hammer hammer of witches, witches. <laughs> yeah but no it's it that basically just made the average peasant be able to get those books and and start deciding that they're all of a sudden witch hunters you know Oh, okay. <clears throat> you know, basically, like, this book became available to the public, and the public are like, oh, now I know how to go out and hunt a witch. So then they're, like, looking at their own people around them, and they're like, oh, well, that's kind of witchy behavior. I'm going to go uh, grab my torch and pitchfork and yeah, go a-hunting. So that was a, a big step in the direction of the witch hunting. All right. All right. And one man of the period, arguably did more than any other to define the way that we still imagine witches today. The German painter and printmaker Albrecht Dürer. In a pair of hugely influential engravings, Dürer determined what would become the dual stereotype of a witch's image. So, he started it all. Mm Mm-hmm. On the one hand, as in the Four Witches, nineteen forty-seven or fourteen ninety-seven, nineteen forty-seven, fourteen ninety-seven, she could be young, nimble, and lusum. Her physical charms capable of th- enthralling men. On the other, as in a witch riding backwards on a goat. It's a badass painting name. Yeah, <laughs> she could be an old, old and hideous. The latter print presents a naked crone sitting on top of a horned goat, a symbol of the devil, which I never now, understood why. Well, I, why a horned goat? I don't know, but goats creep me the fuck out. Really? Yeah, their eyes are so goddamn weird. It, and that's the only really thing that bothers I don't. The horns don't bother me. The, you know, their muzzle or whatever you want to call it doesn't bother me. The fact that they have hooves doesn't bother me. It's their eyes. That's the only thing about them. And it's something really creepy. And I think it's because of the fact that they're represented as... You know Satan's, uh, I guess, thing, but it, they're creepy as shit. Oh God! Anyways, she was withered, drooping dugs for breasts. 
Her mouth is open as she shrieks spells and imprecations, and, uh, and her wild, wind-blasted hair streams unnaturally in the direction of her travel. Mm-hmm. A sign of her magical powers. That, that or it could just be hair. the wind blowing. Well, yeah. it's blowing against the wind, so I guess that's no. She's yeah, but if the wind's blowing at your back, or what would be her face? Because well, I think what backwards. it's what it's portraying is that the the hair is blowing in the opposite direction of where the wind is blowing. So it's supposed to signify that she's magically blowing her hair against the wind. I guess. I don't know. I, uh, she's <laughs> even clutching a broomstick. Oh no! Here is the matriarch of the witches that we find in popular culture today. Mm-hmm. For art historians, though, the interesting question is what provided Renaissance artists with the model for this appalling vision. Do they? Yeah. Do they just make it up, or is there? I think one person painted it, and they're like, oh, "I like that." Yeah. One theory is that Druler and his contemporaries were inspired by the personification of envy as conceived by the Italian artist Andrea Andrea sorry Andrea Mantenego no Mantegna 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 whatever from 1431 to 1506 and his engravings of Battle of the Sea of the Gods so basically they took this painting of envy mm-hmm. one of the sins yeah. and they're like oh that looks kind of witchy <laughs> i'm going to i'm going to use that this and is- this is what a witch looks like what a witch looks like, guys. He looks exactly like Envy, mm-hmm. uh, but we didn't steal this guy's. Uh, Mantignos, Nuz, Mantignos, I cannot say Italian names, figure of Envy formed a kind of call for the Renaissance of the witch as a hideous old hag, explains the artist, artist and writer Diana Petherbridge, who has co-curated the expedition at the British Museum. Envy was emaciated. Her breasts were no longer good. Okay. Which is why she was jealous of women and she attacked babies and ate them? <laughs> because, her, because her breasts no longer look good. What? She could take it out on everybody. She often had snakes for hair. I'm, I can't believe I was that shocked at reading what we wrote. Like, I was uh, sitting there like, that's I, because I know what we wrote. And I was sitting there like, what? <laughs> All right. <laughs> As a good example of this envy type of witch can be seen in the extraordinarily intense Italian print known as Lo Sogroso, the witch's possession. So, possession, Chan, yeah. Yeah, like like a a little line of them, basically. Yeah. And that was in 1520. Here, a malevolent, or malevolent witch with her open mouth, hair in turmoil, and desiccated dugs clutches. What is up with the dugs? I don't honestly know. What is saggy boobs? Is that yeah, it? Yeah, pretty much the like, lingo for the time, I guess. Oh, my God. All this <laughs> just, shit right here just, was written by horny-ass men <laughs> who were like, oh, we only like the young ones, so the old ones all got to be witches. Well, they... Where there was two sides, remember there was the young and the temptress, you know, the succubus, yeah, uh, the 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 good looking witches, and then you have the hags. So there's two sides of the same coin, basically. Oh God, whatever. Which is weird because, like, we we're talking about pop culture and stuff like that. Uh, one of the things is that you do see the two different types of witches. Normally, with the the younger witches, it's they're still ancient beings that just use magic to keep themselves young. Mm-hmm. 
And then, but so why you, don't the do the old, the ones that look old just don't care? Or but that's not every witch and pop. No, 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 no. Obviously not. But yeah, like the Charmed ones, the old TV show, Sabrina. Yeah, all of them. Like that. They grew up like normal people. Mm-hmm. Like they aged like normal people. They just had powers. Uh, uh, but she clutches a steaming pot or cauldron and rides a fantastical monstrous skeleton. Hmm. Like on the on its shoulders. Like it depends on what type of skeleton it is. Oh, it, like, is it a human skeleton, a dragon, or what? I, it's a monstrous skeleton. I, I'm gonna so look I'll up see. and see what that picture looks like. Maybe we can put it on the uh, Facebook page, Facebook and page, and stuff. Uh, her right hand reaches for the head of a baby from the heap of infants at her feet. The print was produced during the golden age of witchcraft imagery. The tumultuous 16th and 17th century were vicious witch trials convulsed Europe. The peak of the witch hunts lasted from 1550 to 1630. Across Europe, there was a Reformation and Mm Counter-Reformation, the Thirty Years' War, fantastic poverty, and social change, says Petherbridge. Even King James in his text, Demonology, 1597, was asking why was there such a proliferation of witches? Exactly. Why they just came out of the woodwork all of a sudden? Yeah, and King James was really, really good. He was uh, when he uh, when people were bought to him that were considered witches and stuff. Mm-hmm. He would literally be like, "Okay, what makes you a witch?" And then he would hear all the testimonies, and he would actually use re- reason and logic to mm-hmm. decide whether they're a witch instead of fear. Instead of throw them in the river with their. Uh their legs tied to a stone if they drown they're a witch no, if no, if <laughs> or if they, drown, they don't drown they're yeah. a witch if they don't drown they're a witch if they drown they're a human which is stupid because either way you're dead <laughs> they're dead yeah everybody assumed it was because the world had got so foul that it was coming to an end wow they really thought like, yeah god that must be a common th- uh theme well they struggled every day like back then it's, well they had the plague and everything they didn't have the conveniences that we have today you know it's all kinds of, of stuff that they had to deal with and make survival hard. Now you got witches coming out of the woodwork and they're like, damn, we're just screwed. Yeah. Like, Oh, I guess they could look at that if, cause revelations was written by then. So you'd think like, Oh, all the witches are serving the devil and they're trying to bring people back from the dead because the dead will rise at the end of the world. Right. Right. So they're just like, Oh shit. <laughs> it's coming. As a result uh, of all of that, there was an outpouring of brutally misogynistic, witchcraft imagery and that really is the case it's a lot of the time it's misogynistic but uh with artists taking advantage of the invention of the printing press to disseminate material rapidly and widely so as soon as that printing press came out and newspapers started flowing uh, witchcraft is closely allied to the print revolution pethbridge explains many of these prints such as the powerful color woodcut witch's sabbath in 1510 by durer's pupil hans bulldung green can be seen in the British's, sorry, British Museum's exposition. Uh, by the 18th century, though, witches were no longer considered a threat. Instead, they were understood as the superstitious imaginings of peasants. Still, that didn't stop great arch- artists such as Goya from depicting them. Yeah, that's... that's so mean, as time got, went along, they stopped being so much of a threat and started more being like legends, like, uh, like kind of not as much, but like, today you know stories that you tell children yeah like uh oh don't go like uh hands on gretel yeah the and, witch in the woods yeah. and stuff like that it, it just became more of a, a folklore type deal than an actual 
thing that people thought were a threat. Now, there were still groups of people that were a problem, and we'll talk about that here in a second. But Yeah. Uh, but um, one of the most horrific uh, times in American history, I guess it would be considered America. It's in, it was in America at the time. It wasn't America at the time, but, you know, it's, it's in America, mm-hmm. so, uh, New England. Right. Was the Salem Witch Trials. Yep. And the infamous Salem witch trials began during the spring of 1692 after the group, after a group of young girls in Salem, Virginia village, sorry, Salem village, Massachusetts claimed to be possessed by the devil and accused of accused several local women of witchcraft. Well, the tongue tire Uh, as a wave of hysteria spread throughout colonial Massachusetts, a special court convened in Salem to hear the cases. The first convicted witch, Bridget Bishop, sounds like a Stan Lee character, (laughs) was hanged that June. Eighteen others followed Bishop to Salem's Gallows Hill, where while some of 150 more men, women, and children were accused over the next several months. Not even children were safe. Yeah. That's monstrous. Mm -hmm. I I don't like it at all. It it pisses me off to no end that... It, it that they hid behind the the witch excuse because and those girls by the way mm-hmm. terrible they were the real witches they were the real problem that's yeah. for sure it, I can't believe that shit because basically they started this whole thing off by making up some bullshit ass story mm-hmm. right and then it snowballed and then all of a sudden people were freaking being hanged and and yeah you know all the shit with no evidence whatsoever none. Zero evidence. Basically, you were, like we talked about earlier, tortured until you either confessed. And if you didn't confess, you were still killed. Yeah. So you either confessed well, and they, got killed they, they, or... Well, they they want you to confess so you, your soul goes to heaven. Right. And, and that's get, supposed to make me feel better. Absolution. I'm going to die either way, so I might as well just confess. You know, and then a good I'll movie get, about it? The, the Crucible. Crucible. Yeah. The play? Yeah, yeah. I did that when I was in high school. Well, it was a good movie, too. Mm-hmm. It's the same, uh, hey, Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah, I played Hawthorne. And he's like, God is dead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, by September 1692, the hysteria had begun to abate and public opinion turned against the trials. Which is usually how things are done throughout history. If public opinion changes enough, oh, yeah, they'll, they'll generally it. things, like, oh, which is that's not really the only more. time that things change ever. Yeah. Though the Massachusetts General Court later annulled guilty ver- verdicts against accused witches and granted them granted indemnities uh, indemnities yeah to their families, bitterness lingered in the community. Uh, no shit. <laughs> and the painful legacy of the Salem witch trials would endure for centuries. We still uh, talk about them. I'm sorry that we killed your family members for no reason and with no evidence. Please accept our apology. We messed up. My bad. Here's here's a goat. (laughs) (laughs) God damn. Uh, Belief in the supernatural, and specifically in the devil's practice of giving certain humans, or witches, the power to harm others in return for their loyalty, had emerged in Europe as early as the 14th century, and was widespread in colonial New England. In addition, the harsh realities of life in the rural Puritan community of Salem Village, which is present-day Danvers, Massachusetts, Yep. Uh, at the time, included the after-effects of a British war with France and the American colonies in 1689, a recent smallpox epidemic, fears of attacks from neighboring Native American tribes, and a long-standing rivalry from the more affluent community of Salem Town, 
which is present-day Salem. Well, they probably wouldn't fear the native attack so much. If they would have left them the hell alone? Yeah, they would have yeah. left them the hell alone and stopped, like, they helped Taking us. Taking their land? Because that's what the Thanksgiving thing is, right? The, the Native Americans came and helped Yeah, they helped came, them. brought us food, and Yeah, and, and then we started killing them, and like, no, this is our land. Like, yep. Like, dude, the natives are like, what the fuck, dude? We gave you corn and shit? <laughs> and then he's like, a peace offering, and you guys are fucking killing us and taking our land, you dicks. Yep. Uh, amid these simmering tensions, the Salem witch trials would be fueled by residents' suspicions of and resentment towards their neighbors. So pretty much, you didn't like your neighbor, they're a witch. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. As well as their fear of outsiders. In an effort to explain, by scientific means, the strange affliction suffered by those supposedly bewitched Salem residents in 1692, a study published in Science Magazine in 1976 cited fungus ergo, ergot, ergot, sorry, found in rye, wheat, and other cereals, which toxicologists say can cause symptoms such as delusions, vomiting, and muscle spasms. So they basically attributed all of the symptoms of these people that were accused of witchcraft as this ergot. Yeah, it makes you. It also makes you very uh, paranoid as well. Mm-hmm. So that's probably a so they thought big the whole town was sick. Contributing factor, yeah. yeah. Uh, in January 1692, nine-year-old Elizabeth Paris and 11-year-old Abigail Williams, which I will never be able to hear that name and not get pissed off ever. <laughs> yeah, I get so mad. Anyway, the daughter and niece of Samuel Paris, minister of Salem Village, began having fits, including violent contortions and uncontrollable outbursts of screaming after a local doctor william griggs diagnosed bewitchment other young girls in the community began to exhibit similar symptoms including ann putnam jr mercy lewis elizabeth hubbard mary walcott and mary warren in late february arrest warrants were issued for the paris's caribbean slave tichuba along with two other women the homeless beggar sarah good and the poor elderly sarah osborne whom the girls accused of bewitching them. They literally probably were hearing their dad, right? Uh-huh. Talking with his wife or anybody else mm-hmm. about how, well, we know why Tichula was taken. Mm. Like, because, you know. Yeah. yeah. But anyway. But uh, the beggar, homeless beggar, uh-huh. and the poor elderly, like, they literally just, like, were like, okay, well, my dad's complained about getting rid of these people, or, like, oh, I kind of wish they would go on somewhere, and they're like, they're witches. They probably thought it was a game. They thought it was some big fun game. They're, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll say that they'd be witches, or they're, they didn't want to get in trouble or something. I don't know what their reason was for doing it, obviously, but uh, they, they accused these people, innocent people, to basically die, Yeah, and it pisses me off. And Abigail was the front runner in all of it. <clears throat> anyway, um, so along with all of those, uh, the three accused witches were brought before the magistrates, Jonathan Corwin and John Hathorne, and questioned. Even as their accusers appeared in the courtroom in a grand display of spasms, contortions, screaming, and writhing, which was faked. Anyway, <laughs> though Good and Osborne denied their guilt, Tituba confessed likely seeking to save herself, which a lot of people would do, mm-hmm. from certain convictions by acting as an informer, although she should have known it wouldn't work. She claimed there were other witches acting alongside her in service of the devil against the Puritans, which set everything off. Actually, I think Tichaba lived. I think she did, didn't she? It's been a long time since I've 
read or seen the crucible so i i well i I can't be trusted on on that i think she lived but uh as hysteria spread throughout the community and beyond into the rest of massachusetts a number of others were accused including martha Corey and rebecca nurse both regarded as upstanding members of church and community and the four-year-old daughter four-year-old daughter of sarah good like Tichuba, several accused witches confessed and named still others, and the trials soon began to overwhelm the local justice system. In May 1692, the newly appointed governor of Massachusetts, William Phipps, ordered the establishment of a special court of order to hear and to decide on witchcraft cases for Suffolk, Essex, and Middle, Middle Essex counties. So, a four-year-old girl... How the fuck She's a witch. a four-year-old girl become a witch? Because Sarah Good was a witch. Okay, that doesn't make any sense. No, but that's if, to if, them, that's what their mindset yeah, but if was. if you're going by the hammer of witches, mm-hmm. they have to sign a contract with the devil in blood. I don't know. How a four-year-old cannot even sign her own fucking they name were in, in ink? They were in a panic. Because oh like, everything that was going on, this, it, mass hysteria spreads... And all of a sudden, everybody was fucking accusing everybody else, and this God. huge mess. All right, presided over the by judges including Hathorne, Samuel Saul, Seawall, and William uh, Sodent, Sodent? Stoughton. Stoughton. Oh my God, I cannot read names. Names are just so hard. The court handed down its first conviction against Bridget Bishop on June 2nd. She was hanged eight days later on what would become known as Gallows Hill in Salem Town. Five more people were hanged that July, five in August and eight more in September. In addition, seven others accused seven other accused witches died in jail while the elderly Giles Corey, Martha's husband, was pressed to death by stones after he refused to enter a plea at his arraignment. Yeah, dude. That was probably the best part of Crucible when he was just like more stones. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Uh Though the respected minister, Cotton Mather, had warned of the dubious value of spectral evidence or testimony about dreams and visions. The only logical person in this whole thing. The only one to sit back and say, hey, wait, no, wait a second. Maybe we should look at this logically instead of just killing random people. His concerns went largely unheeded (laughs) during the Salem witch trials. Increase Mather, president of... That's his name, Increase? Mm-hmm. Hmm, okay. President of Harvard College and Cotton's father later joined his son in urging that the standards of evidence for witchcraft must be equal to those for any other crime, concluding that it would be it would be better that ten suspected witches may escape than one innocent person may be condemned. Exactly. And that was the, the only two clear-headed people in this entire goddamn thing, and they are the front-runners to getting this shit stopped. Yeah. Uh, amid warning, I'm oh, sorry. <clears throat> amid waning public support for the trials, Governor Phipps dissolved the court of order in October and mandated that its successor disregard spectral evidence. Trials continued with dwindling intensity until early 1693, and by that May, Phipps had pardoned and released all those in prison on witchcraft charges. Unfortunately, it was too late for the ones that were already killed, but. Yeah. In January 1697, the Massachusetts General Court declared a day of fasting for the tragedy of the Salem Witch Trials. 
the court. Oh, they went hungry. Oh no, yeah. yeah. How, For one day. The <laughs> the <laughs> damn it. The court later deemed the trials unlawful. Duh. And the leading justice, Samuel Seawall, publicly apologized for his role in the process. Oh, another apology. How nice. The damage to the community lingered, however, even after Massachusetts colony passed legislation restoring the good names of the condemned and providing financial restitution to their heirs in 1711. <laughs> so stupid. Like, here's $10. Yeah. Sorry we killed most of your generation. Mm-hmm. Indeed, the vivid and painful legacy of the Salem witch trials endured well into the 20th century when Arthur Miller dramatized the events of 1692 in his play, The Crucible, using them as an allegory for the anti-communist witch hunts led by Senator Joseph McCarthy in the 1950s. And uh, that Crucible was written in 1953. Mm-hmm. So, and then the movie was made in late 2010s, I think, or, or no, late 2000s, I think. I can't remember. Yeah, I believe it was late 2000s. Uh, modern day witchcraft is probably the most important thing right now because, yes, all that stuff had to happen to get to the modern day witchcraft. And we're going to talk about a little bit of modern witchcraft, and then the second, uh, the second episode, we're going to go a little bit more into modern day witchcraft. But here's a little overview of that: Wicca and witchcraft are popping up in pop culture these days, from teenage witches on TikTok to the Marvel comic superhero called Wiccan and Scarlet Witch. She's mm-hmm. technically a witch. It has even led the New York Times to ask, "When did everyone become a witch?" That's okay. <laughs> okay. Oh God. When did everybody become a witch? That's kind of like one of those things. Like, like when did yeah? You know, like, why why did it be? When did it become so popular to be a witch? You know, yeah. like Wicca, an alternative minority minority religion whose adher apparent at look, God, whose adherents, regardless of gender, call themselves witches. Began in the UK in the 1940s. Wicca and witchcraft are part of the larger contemporary pagan movement, which includes druids and heathens, among others. All these spiritual paths, as pagans refer to them, base their practices on pre-Christian religions and cultures. Ever since Wicca arrived in the United States in the 1960s, it has been growing, sometimes by leaps and bounds, and other times more slowly. It is estimated that there could be more could be more than around 1.5 million witches in the United States today. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. The religion differentiates in se- itself from more mainstream religions such as Christianity by celebrating a goddess as well as a god. In addition, Wicca lacks a formal institutional structure such as a church and puts more emphasis emphasis on ritual and direct spiritual experience than belief. Mm-hmm. Adherents refer to themselves as practitioners, not believers. Yeah, and basically, even if you don't believe in magic, even if you don't think that they can do real magic, it's it's kind of like a lifestyle. You know, they're they're more into the the natural way of things, natural yeah, like medicines, home, home remedies, remedies yeah. um, doing uh, tarot readings, uh, spiritual stuff. Uh, when they can, you know, the, you see people all the time talk about auras. And uh, energy, and you know, using crystals and stuff like that. Uh, you go to Barnes and Noble, and they've got a whole section on the uh, on stuff like that. You can the pick occult, up yeah. tarot tarot cards, and then read, you know, get books of uh, divination, 
uh, and stuff like that. So it's it's more than just like potions and magic and stuff like that when it comes to witches and, and Wiccans. It's it's a lifestyle. It's kind of like uh, oh, I'm trying to think of something else that could be used as an example for it. Vegan. Yeah, kind yeah. of. Yeah, kind of. It's it's a lifestyle choice. It's it's it's. And a, we don't. We're not trying to disrespect. No, no, no. W- Wiccans at all, and comparing them to vegans. I'm just saying. It's like, basically just it's. They they believe in like you said, uh, goddess as well as gods and, and yeah. stuff like that. But they're before Christians. Like they were, they were before Christianity became a thing. That's what gods. pagans were. The old yeah. gods. The yeah. old you know. Uh, religions and stuff like that too as well but um yeah so where were we at i'm sorry um i've said there are practitioners not believers oh, that's right uh ever since wiccan sorry ever since wicca arrived in the united states in the 1960s it's been growing sometimes by leaps and bounds and other times more slowly i've already read that sir did you yes i did oh well see here i am talking getting ahead of myself and yeah leaps sorry. and bounds Anyway, <laughs> sorry, a yearly cycle of rituals known as Sabbaths celebrate the beginning and height of each of the four seasons of the Northern Hemisphere. Each ritual encourages participants to celebrate the changes of the seasons and what they bring to nature and to reflect on how those changes are mirrored in their own lives. For example, at Beltane, which takes place May 1st at the height of spring, Wiccans celebrate fertility in both the earth and in people's lives. The rituals are constructed to not only celebrate the seasons, but to put the participant in direct contact with the divine. So the, there, are four, there are four major holidays, and they all go with the equinox and the, the solstice. solstice. So that makes sense because they're, they're all about nature mm-hmm. and everything like that. So um, I do not, maybe Halloween is a holiday for them. I'm not I think that's the winter sure. solstice. Halloween? That's the closest that Halloween is for them. No, it's I think the Harvest the... Day. All Hallows Eve. Is it? Yeah, All Hallows I, Eve I, I, is the Harvest Day. But I, I don't know if it's actually a holiday hour. If that's something like... No, winter Christians. solstice would be uh, Christmas, wouldn't it? Yeah, near Christmas, yeah. Yule, Yule, uh, Yule time. Yeah, so I think like Christians were like, oh, Hallows Eve, they're out fucking yeah, it's... killing people and shit, so... I don't know if that's actually a holiday for them or not, or if it's something like again that. Christians if we have any like, listeners that are, are Wiccans or or uh, do any kind of witchcraft or anything like that, please uh, give us some comments and let us know. Uh, you know, give us some tips. I can ask one. Uh, one of them, one of them follow. Uh, there's actually a couple witches that follow us on. Uh, yeah, Instagram. ask ask them because I'm curious. I, I kind of just want to know, and I'm not I'm not trying to be disrespectful in any way. I'm just I'm I like to know things. Um, I don't like to be ignorant on stuff. So even if maybe there are, our, our beliefs differ, mm-hmm. I, I would love to know how they, um, how their views are, are, are. I would, I would love to get into it. Like I really, I really like the whole Wiccan thing. Yeah. A lot. Like, cause if anything, if anything's going to kill us, it's going to be nature. Yeah. So well, I, I don't know. I think we'll probably do it to ourselves. Yeah. But, but like, I think nature will help a little bit. Uh, Wiccan, Wiccan, Wiccans have one overriding rule. Harm none and do as you will. Which is a badass slogan, by the way. Yeah. Harm you, none. Do whatever, you, do whatever the fuck you want. Just don't harm anyone where you're doing it. Yeah. That is a really good thing to live by. And no single religious text that they draw beliefs from. So no Bible, no Torah, no nothing. Well, they have a book of shadows. That's different. 
That's that's yeah, like the, a spell book or no, a potion. Yeah, and stuff. it's different. It's not. Uh, I don't know. Most Wiccans practice alone and are free to develop their own unique practice. So it's not like, and that's another cool thing I think about it is it's, they don't have one thing like you have to to do it this way. You know, there isn't like yeah, the, it's not. It's there's no instruction. Exactly, you book. do it the way you want to do it. Like, yeah. and that's cool. Yeah, that's that's fucking awesome. That's why that's why I I, I kind of like it a lot. Yeah. You know, uh, they are nonetheless in regular contact networking on the internet, congregating at large gatherings to conduct rituals, learn about magical and spiritual practices from one another, and enter what they see as a magical space where they can move uh, more readily, encounter, and embrace divinity. Although many Wiccans claim to draw inspiration from ancient cultures such as pre-Christian and Anglo-Saxon and Celtic traditions, it can be seen very much as a religion of our times. The goddess provides a female face for the divine, appealing to feminists and those who seek girl power. Wiccans see divinity in nature, which resonates with growing growing environmental concerns, particularly among the young. So, basically, today is the perfect time for there to be Wiccans. Absolutely. Um, Most Wiccans practice magic, which they believe taps into a spirit world, often referred to as the other world. Others think of magic as drawing on an energy field they view as surrounding all of us. They do magic to heal themselves and others, or to find a new home or job, among other things, and emphasize that magic must not cause harm. That's important. Uh Magic is viewed as changing the practitioners as much as their circumstances, encouraging adherents to pursue self-growth and self-empowerment. There is currently an increase in the U.S., of those with no formal religious affiliation with just over a quarter of all Americans considering themselves spiritual, but not religious. And that's a big chunk. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. Uh, as soci- sociologist Courtney Bender has noted, many members of this group tend to avoid formal religious structures, but instead participate in occult practices and enhance their self-development in these ways, echoing spiritual practices of Wiccans. And, and, uh, next week we'll, we'll actually go into other magics as well because Wiccan and uh, witchcraft and Wicca is completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, There's also uh, druidic. Yeah, absolutely. Types yeah, we're going to go through all and... of the magics. Uh, that's why we wanted to get the history and the origin. Well, another thing I want to talk now. about too is uh, the more of the satanic side of things because there are and have been uh, practitioners that are kind of on the darker side of things that that. That with black celebrate magic. Satan and yeah. do the whole black magic thing and then sacrifice and all of that other stuff. There are cults that that participate in that side of of things as well. Yeah. You know, not not the nature side that the Wiccans and, and stuff like yeah, and the Druids like I said, are. There's different magics of, and stuff. And yeah, we'll definitely have to discuss all that too. Yeah, and different uh, rituals and everything. So we're gonna deep dive into all the magics and stuff with the witches and all that. Um, so, yep, this is the first part of Witches, and we're going to do a second part. And if you guys still have any paranormal experiences or ghost stories for us, the Dartarian Show at gmail.com. Send those in. We got we got quite a few. Mm-hmm. So, and we got, uh, I think I think I lined up two more guests. Yep. So it's two guests, me, you, Trey, two guests. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm waiting here from the third one. I yep. don't know if he's going to be able to make it or not. Yep. And, and just to give you guys a heads up, I know you've noticed throughout listening to our podcasts as, as we go along here. We 
when we do research, um, we use a lot of different sources and stuff and, and we can, we're eventually we're going to put all of our sources up and so we can cite those and stuff. So you guys can look at it too. Um, but one of the things that we do is neither one of us are really good at, uh, improvising. So we have to kind of read from, uh, from the research directly. I can improvise pretty well. Okay. Well then I'm speaking for myself then, but I, I can't, I can't remember things too well. It's mm-hmm. my memory's not the best, so I kind of have to see it right in front of me, um, which is why you'll hear us basically, almost like you know, like we're reading directly from something at times. Um, it's just kind of like as reference points, but that's again why, and also we're really bad at pronouncing certain things. Um, both of us, you know, have have issues sometimes with that. But I've gotten if if you go back to the first yeah, season, I know, though, I we know. have gotten so much better at pronouncing words. I just felt like I had reading. to had to put that in there. We're 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 doing our best. We enjoy what we do, and 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 we're doing it for fun. So yeah, I mean, and again, you can just call us idiots. Yeah, it's the best time to listen to us. Constructive like, criticism. Look at, look at these fucking idiots. I can't even read. Right? And they're talking about witches and shit. <laughs> like they're trying to be all smart. Yep. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, next week will be witches part two, and then the following week will be the Halloween episode. We're really excited about that. It will be coming out on Halloween night. Yep. And uh, I just also wanted to let you guys know real quick that uh, uh, I was right, as I usually am, that our uh, Mythological Monsters episode has now grown all the way up the list and became our number one episode. number one episode just like i said it would so thank you guys for making that happen yeah we really appreciate that um it's just cool being able to look on there and see you know the different downloads that our episodes have and and you know watch them yeah, the ones yeah. that are less popular and you know it helps us to try and figure out what episodes to do next and what ones to stay away from topic wise yeah and if you guys like i said just follow us at the facebook page of the dark Aryan show uh on uh, Instagram, same thing, and at Twitter at at the Dart at Dartarian Joe. God, uh, and just give us some feedback on that as well. Just tell us, be like, hey, good job, you know, bad job. Uh, do this episode. Stop talking about this. Mm-hmm. We don't care. Uh, and also, we have Dartarian Games has a new episode. Will be out tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been kind of taking a break from uh, downtime with Dom just because I've been busy with some other stuff. Um, but eventually, we'll get back to that as well. Yep. Uh, so you guys just check out all of our platforms. We appreciate it, and thank you. Thanks we'll for see listening. You next week.